Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. For today's podcast, we sat down and unpacked why, from a mental health perspective, it is so important to be a conscious consumer of the media and the news that we are taking in, especially right now, where our number one responsibility is to keep our nervous system and our emotions regulated. And we break down a variety of tools on how to do this, especially if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety and fear. We also covered how workplace cultures are going to begin to crumble if they don't shift towards more humane values. So take a deep breath with us. And hold it in your heart that we are getting through this and we will come out of this stronger than ever. And press play. Maybe we should just start with a disclaimer that I don't know if you guys heard the last podcast and heard the bloopers at the very end, or you maybe have seen the video on our IG of the bloopers of Paula and I laughing. We don't know what is going on. (laughs) It's crazy, you guys. All we want to do is laugh. All we want to do is laugh when we get together now. It's it's really it's I mean it's healing and I literally just said to Paula what if this is what spirit wants us to to give our pretty mental family is just an hour of laughter <laughs> an hour of laughter laughing and crying are actually similar releases of emotion so we're really crying I think it's some kind of purge it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. That's what happens in, in ayahuasca, they say. You know, typically people Purge. have seen on yeah. the media that it's always throwing up. Uh, you you throwing up all of the things that you resolved. And really, they also, what people don't know is the other side of that is another way to purge is you yawning, you laughing, you screaming, you anything that leaves your body, any quick moves of energy that just leave your body it's all healing yeah i experienced it i experienced that in a psilocybin trip that i took that was actually really really life-changing and powerful for me where i literally spent like three hours just laughing and crying nonstop, just releasing a ton of energy so all that to say that during this time you may find your emotions going all over the place in the collective people are going through all kinds of emotions and all kinds of things there's definitely a collective grieving taking place and along with that it's a really wide range of emotions that we can have about like so many different emotions in one day you can go from laughing 
to crying, to anger, to denial, to negotiation, to acceptance, again, to negotiation again, to compulsively checking the news. I mean, if you become aware of your emotional patterns during this time, which this time period is definitely inviting us to do that, you'll probably notice that your humanity will be going through a wide range of emotional shifts, and that's completely normal and natural. You know what? Every time I am like really goofy or silly or any kind of expression in that way, I feel closer to my authentic self. So I feel like a lot of what, you know, showing up laughing or crying, anything that we do that we just allow it to release without judging ourselves, it'll just bring you back to yourself. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like we can we can't really help it when the laugh attacks hit us. It's just the release that happens. For me, I mean, each week that passes in this quarantine, what are we at? Four weeks now? I don't know. I think we just finished three weeks. Yeah, I think we just finished three weeks. And with each week, I'm seeing new developments in, in my psychology and my client psychology. And Valentina's experiencing this too. I'm sure you guys are too, that... Um, you know, again, you start out with denial and then acceptance. What, I, what I'm experiencing this week is I'm feeling myself stronger in my ability to observe my thoughts from a distance and to go into my energetic body. So what I mean by when I say that is I am grounding myself in my body. I'm much more, I'm feeling stronger in placing my attention in my physical sensations as an anchor because that it, if you do that even if as you're listening to this podcast if you start paying attention to the energy to your hand to how your hand feels to how your foot feels you'll suddenly start to become aware that <clears throat> that there's a lot of sensations going on there and that's always happening there's always a ton of energy moving through our body and our mind is usually compulsively reacting to that energy flow by coming up with stories. And then the stories enhance or, or, or our body then responds with an increased energy flow or with a congruent energy flow to the stories that the mind makes up. So as we've talked to you guys about this mindfulness process in the past, and it's basically about bringing your attention back into that energy sensation in your body every time that you notice that you're getting lost in the flow of thought and that brings you back into this moment it brings you back into the present it brings you back into your place of personal power a lot of the times our anxiety or fear comes from and we've said this so many times the narrative that we are placing on our experience our experience oftentimes is our our like explanation of the experience rather than just the experience itself but when we're able to finally get to the point where we can separate ourselves from our thoughts like Paula just said we will actually experience what is happening right then and there and it is way more peaceful than what our mind makes it to be yeah, because even when I experience anxiety or fear, and this is a practice I've been engaging in for a while, so I have more practice in it um, than maybe some of the listeners, but the thing is that we are now in a situation as a collective where we're all getting an opportunity to make 
an exponential leap in this ability because we don't have any choice. We literally, before it was just kind of an intentional kind of discipline to, I'm going to keep myself in the present moment. And that just, that takes a little bit more willpower because it's a choice. Right now, it's not really much of a choice because we have literally have no idea when this virus is going to go away. We have no idea when life is going to go back to normal. And so there's a lot more unknown and the only option that's really left to us is to work with what's happening right now. So even if you haven't practiced meditation for years before this, you're suddenly being asked to kind of move like a meditator. And that's where the opportunity lies, right? I'm seeing a lot of patterns break. I'm seeing a lot of patterns come up where people had just been living with these patterns of compulsively planning for the future or even being in jobs that were sort of mediocre, not really that fulfilling, but they were okay, or even people pleasing uh, without boundaries, whatever your pattern might be. Before it was really, it was uncomfortable. But what I'm seeing now is that there's a, a breaking point of sorts with these patterns because we're suddenly in a situation where it's not really sustainable to keep acting in ways that jeopardize our mental health when there's so much unknown. Something that Paul and I actually engage in for our mental health is something that we call the filter method. Basically, it's taking a mental intention that will dictate your mental state for the day, and eventually it's gonna become a a pattern that's gonna wire into our brains. So for example, my intention is to stay grounded by keeping my nervous system regulated. So now that I'm conscious of that, all of my moves for the rest of the day are going to be filtered by through that intention. So I wake up, is reading the news helping me stay grounded? No, so I don't do that. Is meditating gonna help me stay grounded? Yes, so I'll do that. Will reaching for that sugar help me stay grounded? No, so I won't do that. Literally every single action counts, and if you filter them all through your intention, then we start to rewire the ways that our brain operates, and that's called neuroplasticity, which just means that our brains literally change depending on what behaviors we practice, and that's when all of this stuff starts becoming second nature. So I encourage you guys all to join us in this. Wake up in the morning and really be super here for how you want to explore and live your day. And this is one of the strongest ways that you can show up for yourself. Yeah, if you know that you want to stay grounded, which we all need to, then maybe not waking up immediately and compulsively checking what's on the news will become more a more conscious, deliberate choice for you. But if we're just in a constant state of reaction, that's where I think... A, that's where the pro- uh, the process of something like the filter method is really helpful because you're not just blindly reacting to the things that are happening. You're also playing a role in what kind of experience you want your mind and your body to have. So you're taking your power back, essentially. If you're saying, I want to keep my nervous system from going over the edge, then how can I do that? I can practice self-compassion when tough emotions come up. I can maybe delete the news app from my phone. I can catch myself when I'm going down a spiral of 
bad news or sad stories. I mean, there's a reason why scary movies and those like rip your heart open stories are really popular in the media. They're addicting to look at. And right now it's like really up close in our timelines of our social media feeds. You've got to be really conscious of ripping yourself away from that. Don't get sucked in. Don't get more curious. I mean, I was super guilty of that. I would let myself get sucked in. In the beginning, I saw some really scary stuff. And then I would like send every single thing I found to the group message, my family group message, because I thought that I was protecting them and keeping them informed. But in reality, that's just going to cause more stress. And that's the last thing we need right now. The best thing that we can do for our immune systems is keeping ourselves in a healing state. So we have to be really conscientious with with our intentions and with how we're spending our days. We're not in the front line. If you are in the front line, you are using the nervous energy in a way that is activated and you actually need all of that energy going through your body to do the work that you're doing. But if you're not in the front line, if you're not the doctor or the scientists or the frontline workers who are, you know, really on the ground for this, your number one responsibility, our number one responsibility to play the role that we need to play in helping this pandemic go down is literally to keep our nervous system regulated. That's your that's our number one responsibility because if we can do that, all of our immunity is going to go up. So a big part of that is definitely not feeding into the news. Another part of that is, you know, moving our bodies. Another part of that is becoming conscious of the thoughts that are moving through our mind and beginning this practice and allowing yourself to go use this time to go deeper into this practice of, okay, I have about 80,000 thoughts a day. Can I challenge myself to observe some of these and go just ground myself in my body and know that the thoughts are going to pass um, in, a, in a lot of meditation practices. They say that you, you are not thinking your thoughts. They're happening to you. And that's really true. If you start paying attention long enough, you'll see that your monkey mind, as Valentina wrote about in a recent blog, just jumps all over the place. And if we let it take us everywhere it wants, this is going to be really, really hard unnecessarily because before it was already hard, but we had a way to escape it by going out, being in public, going to the movies, going to restaurants, going to bars, distracting with a ton of friends. There's still a lot of ways to distract right now, but you're going to find that they're not as efficient as they used to be. So that leaves us with the choice of going deeper. I also want to talk about what if you are someone who, you know, being present is just like a crazy thought for you or being stable because right now you are in so much survival mode that you don't even know up from down left from right you can't even think clearly you can't see clearly and just focusing on your breath and being present is like like what the fuck is that yeah and you and I have both definitely been there absolutely yeah there's one time I can specifically remember when I was oh my god I was working I don't know how many hours 
a week. I was working so much to just try to keep up living in Atlanta and paying for school. And I completely just, I was so, I was in this heightened state of anxiety that I, like I needed like an insane amount of cups of coffee to just like keep me from not yawning. Because what happens to me when I'm less stressed is like my body shuts down. Yeah, she goes into fatigue. Yeah, I lose all my energy. So I just, I was so stressed. I was so anxious. I didn't know up from down, left from right. And I remember that, you know, I had to figure out also a way to pay for my call. Like I didn't have enough funds. And I didn't know how I was going to even be able to enroll the next semester. And that sent me on an overdrive too. So I was, I was a mess. I was a mess. And what I had to do to get me through that time was literally take it step by step. I was sleeping so much during the day too when I wasn't working because I was exhausted from working. And on top of that, the anxious energy just depleted me. So what did I do? I would, when I had some time, I would wake up. Okay, what's the first step? Sign onto the internet. Second step, Google loans. Third step, call my school and figure out like the process. I mean, it was literally step by step and I was able to get a loan to help me pay for that next semester. So if you are in survival mode and you just don't even know how you're going to pay your next rent or your next bill or you buy food next, you know, of course we are always going to promote, we have resources up on our website and there's so many resources out there that are ready to help you. But even if you're just too anxious to even find, like how do I even find those resources? Just take it step by step and I still do that I still do that with myself because for as much work as I've done and as much practice as I've had for with presence there's still certain subjects that trigger that are old wounds that trigger that kind of trauma response of like ah like I'm anxious um one of those things is finances so when it comes to dealing with finances for example I I, I'll give myself like three to do's (laughs) like very simple, like like what Valentina was just saying, just one thing at a time. And if I do one thing, I congratulate myself. Like, and I, I kind of treat myself like a baby when it comes to moving through it's that. It's time to vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I did one thing on my to-do list. I must now go to the park and bask in the sun. But I treat myself very gently around the things that I know are very activating for my body. And that literally means maybe doing one thing. Maybe it means putting my hand on my heart while I do it. Maybe it means playing some soothing music. Maybe it means I'm not going to do that first thing in the morning. Maybe it means I'm only going to do it after I go for a run and um, I feel resourced. So what if there is something, if it's finances or the unknown is really activating you to a whole nother level, then treat yourself really gently around that topic almost like you would a crying toddler because if you don't your nervous system is going to be it's the last thing it needs is to get beat up so if you can just kind of notice it and say like okay well we can't change the situation how can we chip away just just even a little bit like if I'm carrying around 100 pounds how can I take off one pound I think we get really overwhelmed thinking, oh my God, I have to figure out a way to unload this 100 pounds right now, right this second. How am I going to do it? And then we crash anyway. So how about we backtrack a little bit and we say, 
the situation is not going to change today or tomorrow. I don't really know when it's going to change, but what is just one way that I can take off one pound? Just, just one, just one. And then after I do that, you know, can I take off another one? Just little by little, one step at a time, looking for resources, coming back to your breath. I know that during some of the most challenging times of my life, I, I just, I really resourced myself by listening to a lot of uh, spiritual teachers and listening to a lot of meditation. So Eckhart Tolle, Muji, Sarah Blondin, Insight Timer, Kyle Sees. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. We are psychic with each other. And I... So if you're if the thoughts in your head are moving at too fast of a momentum for you to get some space from them, then allow somebody else that's more grounded to put thoughts in your head for you. That's crazy. We really are psychic. That was literally what I was about to say next. Because another story that I have was another time when I was around probably the same time, extremely anxious and my own thoughts were so overbearing and I didn't I, I couldn't even I didn't have any hope. There was no hope in my mind. So what I did was I listened to Tom Bilyeu. That's actually when I like really leaned on him on impact theory. And just to hear stories of people who went from zero to like this beautiful level of success internally and externally. So I allowed his interviews and his podcast to really fill my mind up, fill my mind up with what it was lacking. You know, it was like the vitamin that my body was depleted of at that moment. And the mind is so powerful. I mean, you hear stories all the time of athletes who wake up in the morning and they walk themselves through their mind of all the steps they need to take to make that goal. And they do it so diligently. And then they win that championship or win the race, whatever it may be. Our minds are so powerful, you know, so when we're not leaving our thoughts and focusing on the present moment and breathing, allow your mind to be filled with somebody else, with somebody else who's at that level that can help you with that peace, with that hope. Lacey Phillips of this podcast that we really like expanded. She would call those people expanders. Yeah. So essentially someone go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Expanders are. Yeah. It's essentially somebody that is already living the way that, in, in that particular arena that you look up to. So resource yourself on them during this time. I mean, I still listen to Eckhart Tolle and he reminds me again over and over, no, come back. Because as long as you're in a human body, you're still going to have a human experience. The more that you practice and the more you listen to all these speakers and, and teachers, over time, it'll get easier to have that space from your thoughts. But in the meantime, during this time, especially during the time of crisis, it's okay to allow your, I mean, it's more than okay anytime to allow yourself to lean on others that have already done the work and allow them to resource you. These practices, and we will continue to say it over and over again, are gonna last forever. You know, they're gonna, you're gonna see how beneficial they are, however many years from now. It's almost like that overnight success thing that they say with celebrities, right? That they like put in all these crazy amount of hours and then all of a sudden, bam, they're like an overnight success. 
I mean, I remember I've been doing this stuff for a while now. And then I started finally realizing it. I was like, oh, I'm kind of doing this a second nature now. It's not even so much of a, I don't have to force it anymore. I still have to, when it gets really hard, I have to remind myself. But more often than not, I'm breathing deeper. I'm coming back to my senses. I these practices just become second nature because if your survival method was always planning for the future to ask yourself to suddenly stop doing that overnight entirely because somebody else is telling you that it's healthy to be in the present moment could actually make your nervous system panic like Valentino was saying, you work at it over time. And a lot of in a lot of times when we hear these things and we hear, oh, somebody else is experiencing peace because they can be in the present moment. What's wrong with me? I want to be in the present moment. I want to be in the present moment now. That starts adding more distress to the system. What you can do is allow yourself to start engaging and breathing yourself back into the moment, meditating, exercising, self-compassion, and little by little, the habits that pull you out of peace will start to not seem as appealing as the habits that take you into peace, but that's going to take a little, that's, that's not going to happen overnight because those old habits were your survival methods. So that's even like, that's not really fair to ask your emotional system to drop that all at once. Maybe instead of, you know, instead of planning nonstop maybe you're just gonna start practicing like every time you remember you're gonna take a breath and you're gonna come into the moment and little by little you these things will start to build momentum and something I come across and something I definitely experienced was that impatience of oh, I want to experience peace now and I heard I think it was Eckhart Tolle say this other day that the ego which is our the thought in our mind our personality the thoughts that we identify with when we talk about the ego that's what we're referring to the ego wants to accomplish things right now and it wants to melt away the patterns that are not helpful right now but in that wanting it to happen right now we are actually engaging in the same pattern that we're trying to get rid of whereas nature erodes things a lot more slowly so what we're going to do is that we're going to continue to move towards peace. We're going to continue to move towards the present moment. And when you find that the mind is taking you into the space of impatience for wanting the suffering to go away right the second, I'm, I would invite you all to take in a deep breath and remind yourself that your nervous system is going to slowly build up to that point. Because, for example, if you're afraid of vulnerability and we're working first on helping you have more self-compassion, it would be actually probably traumatic to ask you to go into a room and express all your vulnerable sides all at once to somebody that's close to you because you're just not there. That might be the goal. But if you try to do that overnight, it's not you're not ready So you have to allow your nervous system and trust that it will arrive when it needs to arrive. In the meantime, we show up and we do the work. In the meantime, we show up and like with the filter method, we take responsibility for the outcome of the mental health that we want. In the meantime, we hold that intention and we don't beat ourselves up when we stray away from it because we have to recognize that the patterns that we are essentially dismantling 
came into play to help us survive. They're just not as helpful anymore. So we're going to thank them. We're going to be compassionate to them for wanting to help. And we're going to come back to these practices. I was listening to a podcast a long time ago, so I can't state the person who who stated this, so forgive me, but they said whenever you have a thought that is trying your survival mode thought, that's like, no, don't do that, don't do that, you should talk to it almost like a friend, like, hey, I hear you, and we actually, we, we even talked about this in the last podcast, but I hear you, and thank you, and I, I see that you're trying to protect me. I'm going to go with something else, though, this time, and if that doesn't work, then I'll, I'll, maybe I'll come back to you. I don't know. Maybe I'll, well, we can talk a little later. Literally. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try something else. I'm just going to experiment with this for now. Right. And what you were just talking about before I said that, Paula, was super helpful, especially in terms of meditation. So a lot of people tend to tap out and get frustrated with meditation because maybe it's not as deep and your thoughts keep going and then you're like, I'm done. I'm done. This isn't working. I can say from my own experience, even this last week and the week before it, my my meditations have not been deep. They haven't. Really? And usually they are like deep. I numb out. In these past two weeks, they have not. And in the beginning stages of me meditating, when that first happened, I would get really frustrated and just get, I would get sold to the story of this is not working. Which but, is another thought. Yeah. And now I kind of just, I'm just having very light meditations with a few more thoughts. That's just what's happening. It's still meditation. And as you continue along your journey of practicing meditation and practicing Uh, present moment awareness over time you will probably stumble into experiences where you do go deep and where you do experience spaces of no thought but it's really important that we don't hold that as the goal because the moment that we start having goals to cling to in meditation we are going back to the same pattern of trying to control things that we engage in when we are outside of meditation so it really is just about coming back into the moment and creating a space for yourself where you are just going to be the witness of your thoughts and there's going to be moments where the thoughts wrap you up more easily and there's going to be moments where you can witness them as just something that's happening and continue to stay grounded in just the awareness of noticing them and as that muscle grows because your brain will literally change in this practice so that muscle will literally grow you will probably stumble upon moments that are more zen which is what valentino was experiencing a little more prior to this week you know we go through waves of that so the ultimate goal is to show up to just show up and have that ritual that you carve out for yourself where you're saying, I am here now. Yeah. With the thoughts, without the thoughts, this is all part of it. I'm, so I'm going to witness myself. And, and that's why you also hear people who meditate a little more say you can't do meditation wrong. You literally can't. You, I mean, if, you either you show up or you don't. And I, I, I'm still not the best about doing it at the exact time every single day. That's just not how I move through it. I go through phases where I do a lot of formal sitting meditation. Uh, Lately, I've been doing, on average, an hour a day when I sit down. Wow. What? 
<laughs> no <laughs> I've been, way. I've been doing Vipassana. Oh, yeah. Vipassana is a meditation. But not, Vipassana really stuck with you. It did. That one made a huge... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I've never been like, oh, I have to do it at this exact time or at this exact time of the day every day, even though people always tell you like, oh, you know, aim for that. That just, it doesn't work for me. So, again allow yourself to be malleable and flexible in this process too like i know for you it's really helpful to like have that as a ritual right every single morning yeah i like to start my day off but it wasn't always like that there was a really long period of time where i didn't do that and i actually just journaled in the morning so it's it's ever it's ever changing journal journaling is actually another really great way to create distance from your thoughts because you're putting them concretely down on paper and kind of untangling that so that's going to create some space so Again, it's finding what works for you. But what we want to start doing is knowing that these thoughts are happening to us. (laughs) We don't choose them. They're just kind of happening. Understanding that can be very nuanced because sometimes we're like, no, I'm literally choosing to reflect on this right now. So yes, you're choosing that. But for the majority of your day, as you're moving through your day, there's probably like a fleet of thoughts just coming around. And if you chase after every single one of those, you're going to find yourself very, very tired by the end of the day. So any opportunity that you can find to step out of that flow, you're essentially creating that awareness muscle of, okay, that's just a thought, but I'm here. My awareness is here. And we'll say over and over again, that is where our power really lies. Something else that's that came up in conversation between me and Valentina was how important it is during this time to revisit what belief system you are grounding yourself with it again when we are in a place of uncertainty humans we we respond really well to having a grounding belief systems whether that is some sense of spirituality whether that is a connection with nature trusting that nature doesn't nature follows its laws and that's really what's happening mother earth is healing herself or from a spiritual place we are being asked to come into the present moment even if you don't have one maybe like what could that be for you is it energy is it like paula said the universe how mine started out was with nature nature is where i would feel the most held i felt really supported when I was in nature, my thoughts would, it was like my, I was getting a big hug every time I was out in nature. So just ex- allowing yourself to be held by something greater than yourself. We all need a place of refuge. Essentially, that's what we're getting at. We all need a place of refuge. And especially during times of crisis, our our psyche and our spirits and our bodies just need to be able to find refuge in something so what are you finding refuge in i do believe as we said a little bit ago that humans just because of the nature of our storytelling mind respond really well to having a belief system to ground to just because that's just who we are humans are storytellers so we don't at the end of the day do we really really know what is factual uh, as far as like what we believe no But if it makes you feel good and if it makes you feel grounded, then roll with it and embrace it because that's what your nervous system needs, especially during times like these. So this whole podcast, we really visited the idea of 
stepping out of the flow of thought, of having patience with that process, of allowing yourself to come into the present moment by going into your body and and really broke down what meditation looks like for us. And at the same time, rounded it out with this conversation of a belief system, which is a story. So it seems like the two things could be kind of contrasting because it's like, how do we have a story? And then we're being told to step out of a story. I think the way that I would want to round that out for you guys is to go back to this idea of when we are going to have a story, let's choose it. What are we choosing to believe in when in that that is a conscious decision that is when you are actually choosing your thoughts other than that thoughts are just happening happening kind of mechanically and those are the thoughts that we want to learn to have a little bit of distance from and so that's it's a nuanced process but the more that you practice it and the more that you lean into this way of relating to life the more that you'll get a flavor and a feel for how it works with your particular brain and your particular just nervous system and that's going to be different for everybody the most important thing right now is that we show up for ourselves and the way that we do that is literally everything that that we just talked about all those practices Mm -hmm. really working on implementing those as much as we can because the truth is that they work they do work. work the good news is it works bad news is you gotta actually put some effort into it i don't know if that's bad news it's not even bad news like i honestly that be the for me those things become really sacred i close i hold them so dear to my heart because i've seen that they work i slowly started implementing these things during the chaos and a lot of times I felt like, oh my God, I'm just doing these things, but I don't even know if they're actually working, but I'm, like, I'm just doing these things. But they do, yeah. But they work. They do. Because I can tell you where I am now compared to where I was before is like, man, thank God I held on. And I actually think that they're going to work a little bit faster right now for people because it's a collective break, nervous breakdown. So because we are social animals it's a healing that's happening that has happened as a collective it's it's got a very different flavor to individual depression and individual anxiety when you know that you're not alone in it you're able to create a little more space from it so i really do believe that it's going to work a little bit faster right now because of the current circumstances there's more of a collective momentum around it there just is it's not like, oh, you have to practice being in the present moment, but you're the only one doing that. No, it's literally like everyone on IG Live and Twitter and everyone like, okay, everyone remember to breathe today. <laughs> yeah, because nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. There's some companies, I will say, that are not, that are continuing to try to like push their employees to the brim. And that's crazy. I saw this tweet the other day that said, you are not working from home. You are home during a crisis trying to work wow it's so true it's so true and there's a little bit in companies that are continuing to like function and push full blast i've noticed there's a breakdown in actual healthy boundaries that's tough because although the collective majority of the world is kind of has slowed down to be in like the microcosm of your company saying like no 
like you're going to get laid off if you don't perform at full blast during this crisis. That's really hard. I will say if you are going through that. I have a friend who's going through that. Me, I know people she that are going through that. She actively dislikes her boss, her situation, the company. She still has to show up like crazy for it, though. Mm-hmm. In the middle of all this uncertainty. So yeah, if you are going through that, lean on, still lean on these practices. Still lean on these practices. And I don't know. I think it's it's a powerful time to, for everyone to reevaluate what kind of employment situation they are they have they are in if you don't have the choice or the privilege to reevaluate that right now it's still causing like an awakening in people like okay we, we can't continue with this these inhumane systems and these inhumane companies and i wish i had a solution for it i don't the best that I can offer from a mental health perspective is to continue leaning on these practices, to know that you're not alone, to negotiate with your bosses if you can, to whatever extent, like to not be afraid to say like, hey, if you want, if you, I, I would like to continue to perform at the best of my capacity. So in order to do that, can we talk about cutting off business at a certain hour? so that I can actually rest, however that conversation looks for you, but to not let the situation make you afraid of advocating for yourself. And this is gonna force so many of us that if we are experiencing that kind of situation, if we are simultaneously practicing everything that we just talked about, we're gonna get so in alignment with our own truth that we're gonna vibrate out of that, that job. Yeah, and, and I full heartedly believe in once you're on that frequency, you are going to start finding jobs that radiate at that frequency. I do believe that. I believe that that happens little by little. I don't know. Everyone's L- different. Little by little. I experience that. I experience that. Yeah. You kind of like move. You, just, you start moving towards it. You know, maybe now you're recognizing like, wow, my company does not care about the humanity of all of their employees. There are so many companies out there that are realizing that that they have to do that in order to keep business up. So let me tell you that there is another job that you can find. There is. You will find it. I promise you. I see them left and right. Part of my job currently is to highlight those kinds of companies, and there is a flood of them. So just know that there are options out there. And you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Keep your current job, obviously, right now to keep your income coming if that is what you need to do. But also realize that there's job sites like on Creative Mornings, for example, they have a whole entire job listing page with like super cool jobs out there. And companies that where the energy is going right now in corporate world is you either have the bottom line of bringing prioritizing your employees or you're going to lose them all because they're also realizing that with gen z like gen z doesn't give a shit gen z is not going to put up with your stuff and in order to attract that type of talent which is the labor force that is now coming in they've got to rearrange these outdated constructs are not going to live so if you are in a place where you are experiencing that let me tell you the really sunny sunny bright news is that there are so many companies out there that you do not 
that will not treat you in a bad way and they will respect you and they will see your humanity and they will prioritize your mental health. So hold that truth in your heart and know that that's there and allow that to empower you to actually look for that. Yeah. Just to know that it actually exists because it does, as Valentina's saying. And another thing too is that if you struggled with boundaries, which I know a lot of us, that's that's like a, a, a big topic in mental health. Being in a crisis situation where companies are overstepping your boundaries, I think is bringing so many people to rock bottom that they're either going to have to speak up to negotiate for the, and advocate for themselves or it's going to completely crumble them. So it's also kind of like, again, being pushed to that limit. I'm seeing it create breakthroughs because you either you do now and you advocate for yourself or your brain is going to literally collapse. Whereas before it was really uncomfortable and you were not advocating for yourself. But with the way that things are right now, you kind of have no choice. Your nervous system and your body will start demanding it of you that you start negotiating and you'll start up leveling in your ability to stand in your own worth and to speak your boundaries into existence with your bosses because suddenly what I'm seeing is like the need if it hasn't already is going to start bypassing the fear and that's where I also see that's where we're having this collective evolution and consciousness that we didn't really necessarily choose for ourselves but before this situation of crisis the fear was holding us in our place and now it's like I, I mean it, it, it doesn't hold a stick to what's happening it's an opportunity to break through patterns for sure because you have to and like Valentino was saying, there are jobs and opportunities and companies and there's an evolution happening in the business world too. Business world too, towards greater human values in the way that we operate. When you start, I mean, truly believing in your whole being and the nucleus of your cells, that there is a job out there, that there is some uh, whatever it is out there that a relationship, whatever, that is completely aligned with you and that together you will be so successful. You'll find it. You will find it. You really will. I swear to you. You really will. I swear to you. You really will. I swear to you. <laughs> you really will. You have to believe it. You have to. Don't as let truth, fear, yeah. As truth as as not like this far out dream but as like oh yeah that exists right and it's i'm like, about to get it yeah it's like why not why what you know and this this comes into a conversation of worth but can you start practicing that and i can just speak so strongly about this because uh, i work in the corporate world and i see this and i have our nonprofit rebel women speak on it's it it's an entire group of women of corporate CEOs and like these really powerful, powerful women who honestly just are fed up of the way of all these old constructs that they had to abide by. They are completely, the entire goal of Rebel Women is to redefine what it means to be a professional woman. And I, there are some powerful women in that group. Let me tell you, 
there are some powerful women in that group. And they're like, yeah, like we're not putting up with this shit anymore. They see it. There people are out here and they're seeing that the the truths that the corporate world has completely been stuck to and they're breaking them. So how can we help our listeners move more confidently towards that paradigm? First, you have to really believe that you deserve it. That you deserve to have quality of life. That you deserve to have quality of life because let me tell you, my friends, you do. I am talking to you. 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 You do. And it's out here. I see it as evidence left and right all the time. Like you can get it, believe it, and hold on to it like the truth. Like tuck that truth under your pillow, sleep on it, dream about it, wake up. Love and love on it. Give it energy. Give that truth energy. You can have the quality of life that you want. That's humane. If you need to find a mentor, a lot of times that really helps too. That's the same. That's the same of like the expander situation. Find someone who has what you want and start asking them questions. And that's actually really great right now because another flip side of this coronavirus situation is that a lot of people are willing to help. Yeah. Oh my God. I see things left and right all the time on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm a professional resume editor. Send me your resumes. I'm doing it all day for free. Yeah. So if you need a mentor, there's right now is as good a time as any to find somebody to talk to. There's possibilities. Hell yeah. This is going to get better. Mm -hmm. We're going to we're going to shift this paradigm. We're going to come out of this as a more humane world just hold that truth in your heart, move towards it. The more of us that jump on board and move together in unison towards that, the more powerful that that movement is gonna be. And fill your brain up with people that believe that this is the possibility. Yes, and fill your brain up with people that are grounded and that have already done a lot of the work and they can help carry you through this space as well. And fill your brain up with oxygen and nature. Yeah. So we've reached the end of the podcast. We're going to keep talking to you guys with this fierce energy because we're going to get through this and we know that to be a truth. Yeah, we're going to thrive out of this for sure. I love you guys. We love you. Tune in on Mondays at 8 a.m. EST. I'll let you do the math for all the other time zones. And be kind to yourself. And be kind to yourselves. Bye. Bye.